0: While you're turning there, I just want to remind you on Wednesday nights, we're going through last week, this Wednesday, and next Wednesday, um, some hot topics um, that Christians face. So, I think it's this week we're going to talk about should Christians fill in the blank. Because there's so many things that I was getting submitted, um, you know, you just, I don't even want to mention, well... Yeah, I'll mention some of them, but, you know, like drinking, swearing, you know, fill in the blank. Should Christians. We're going to talk on that one this Wednesday. Um, If you could set the timer for me back there. Last week we began our Christmas series, A Spirit-Filled Christmas Carol. How many of you went and watched or brought it home and watched or got online and watched Disney's A Christmas Carol this last week? Two people we did last night again for the hundredth time Uh, this the scenes that you see laid out are from are based off that one I know there's a thousand different versions of a Christmas carol but that's the one that this um, series is based off from Aubrey Lee hi I know sorry it's the grandma heart in me I think you can you can uh, continue. I know it's okay. It's all right. Baby's got to learn, right? So it's okay. We don't get too distracted when you're trying to sit with them, and um, it's fine. It's fine. Titus Xavier is here. I'm so excited. Oh, he's that way? He's that way somewhere? I know, see, everybody will pass him around. I know, I know. I always, the first one, I'm like, nobody can touch, right? The second one, it's like, anybody want this one? You know, go ahead and carry him around. All right, stay focused. Last week we began the Christmas series, uh, Spirit-Filled Christmas Carol. Uh, This is based off from Ephesians 4, where we're commanded to throw off our old sinful nature, your former way of life, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Also, 2 Corinthians 517 where it says therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old is gone the new has come that's a life transformation Um, that's what you know Scrooge went through that transformation where it was the old is dead he's gone and behold all things are new. And without a transformed life, the best this life has to offer, as King Solomon put it, is a a life or a chasing after the wind. It's all vain pursuits. You'll think that you're acquiring, you think that you're getting, but it's like trying to grasp the wind. It's okay. In his book, The Christmas Carol... Self-proclaimed Christian author Charles Dickens wrote in his preface that he intended his story to haunt us pleasantly. After all, this is the writer who said, I have always striven in my writings to express with great respect and reverence the life and lessons of our Savior. He did not want his tail to mire us in guilt and helplessness, but to lift us up in a spirit of rebirth and joy. The good news is that with God we too have the opportunity for this life transformation, not too unlike the one that Scrooge went through. And in Christ, as Scrooge proclaimed, we can know how to keep Christmas better all the year long. All the year, not just once a year. Um, Through this series, we focus. We'll focus on the three scenes: his past, his present, and his future. Last week, we talked about his past. Really, if if you weren't here, listen on the podcast or go to our website and listen online. Um, But just to touch on it, we discovered that experience that if. That experience that you have been through can dramatically impact your life. Changing the way you view people, your purposes, and even your hopes and your dreams. It's like putting on a pair of glasses you were never meant to wear. It distorts your perspective. We also discovered that people will develop coping mechanisms to explain, excuse, and even give permission for our crippled perspectives. When all the while, God's saying, I'm standing here. And I shared with you that, that word that I received a couple weeks ago. God says, I'm standing here as the gentleman gardener right beside the cause that's crippling your perspective. And if you allow me to, if you surrender your past to me, he said, I'm standing right next to the cause. And I'll cut it out. I'll take it from you. He won't take it from He'll take it from our willing hands when we offer it to him. When we offer him our past, he will rewrite our future. But he won't rip it out of our hands. He stands as the the prophecy or the word that I got spoken to me was as the gentleman gardener. So in order to have or experience a life transformation, first we need to surrender our past to him. Today we're going to focus on the present. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 1, says, As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Let me just pause for a second. God's, don't receive God's grace in vain. Remember, we talked last week the difference between mercy and grace. People sometimes get that mixed up. Mercy is receiving something that you don't deserve. <laughs> kind of like when you get pulled over for speeding and the, you know, you say, I'm sorry I didn't know I was going so fast. Liar. Anyway, no. Um, <laughs> and he doesn't give you the ticket. You deserve the ticket. You were speeding. But he showed mercy on you and didn't give you what you deserved, okay? That's mercy. Grace is the divine empowerment to walk, to follow him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. The grace is the power to do what we're commanded to do. It, says to, it teaches us, grace teaches us to say no to ungodliness and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present World, That's what grace does. So he says, don't accept God's grace in vain. Which means it's like being given a Ferrari and you just leave it parked in your driveway. You know? Or a spider. Sorry, I like a spider better. Even though I don't like spiders. Oh, how weird. (laughs) I just thought about that. I like to drive a spider, but I don't like spiders. Anyway, sorry. But to leave it parked in your driveway I've received that gift in vain, if that's what I do. He's given us grace to help us, to empower us. Don't receive that grace in vain. Sorry, that had nothing to do with the message. Sorry. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. And he goes on to say, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. When is it now? Now. When is it today? Today. It's always today. Today is today. Until it's not today. Then what would it be? (laughs) Yesterday. Now. Today. He's talking about the present. He's not talking about a present. He's talking about now. Today. In this scene, we see the spirit of Christmas present in a huge room packed full of all the festivities surrounding Christmas. And sitting upon it all is the spirit. Full of joy and laughter, he invites the timid Scrooge with a proclamation. Do you know what it is? Come in. Boy, you guys need to wake up. I either need to stop drinking coffee to come down to your level, or you guys need to, you yeah, know, come on. Come in and know me better, man. Right? And hey, you guys need to watch that movie over this next week. You need to watch that again. We had to go buy it again because we looked for a copy and couldn't find it. So I'll have it. I'll lend it out, but I'm putting my name on it. And a blessing on it. Or a curse, depending on if you give it back or not, right? No. Okay. There are four very important points that were made to Scrooge regarding his life transformation in the present. The first one was the invitation to come in and know me better. The second is when the, uh, Scrooge pointed out, you wear, Spirit, you wear a scabbard, but no sword. The third one was when the spirit warned if the shadows remain unaltered by the future. And the fourth point is the children he named ignorance and want. So I'm going to cover a lot of scripture. We're going to, you know, I got a lot in the message, but we're going to just power through it because there's so much I just can't leave out. Um, I tried to cut out as much as I could. But the invitation, come in and know me better, man. That is a constant invitation from God for us. And it's every day, come in and know me better, man. In Revelations, it says that Jesus stands at the door and knocks. I know we love to use that, stands at your door and knocks. It's little door. He knocks over and over again. I know we love to use that for new believers, or not yet believers, to come in that God's waiting and inviting you. But actually, that scripture in context is talking to Christians. At some point, we pushed him out. At some point, we just got busy doing this Christian life that we forgot to go in, come in and go out and know him better. Every day, know him better. Every day, that's our invitation. Come in and know me better. A book I've read called The Revolution makes the point that these days we can't even be present. Even when we're present, we're not really present. In staying present, you actually receive the best best of both worlds. You give yourself permission to enjoy fully the things you have, the person you are, and the life you're currently living while continuing to harbor the dreams that keep you growing and stretching you into the future. It's a balance, this holy equilibrium. A genuine gratitude for what the day brings, all the while maintaining a controlled anticipation for what God may bring tomorrow. We need to be all here. All here, all present, in the now. Now is the day for the Lord's favor. Today is the day for his salvation You see, you can't spend quality time really getting to know someone if your head or heart is somewhere else. I mean, come on. Have you ever tried to uh, have a conversation with somebody and their face was in their phone? Oh, I'm listening. I'm listening. My pet peeve, and my family will tell you, um, is eye contact. And the biggest distraction is that great big dumb box. (laughs) So if I'm talking to you and your face starts turning toward the dumb box, I'm like, look at me. Look at me. It's funny, I went to pick up, anybody shop Facebook Market? I know, we're going to have a support group over here afterward, okay? (laughs) It's not NA, not Narcotics Anonymous, it's FBF, Facebook, no, FBM, you know, support group over there. But I went and picked up a I'll say a gift um, at this lady's house and I'm knocking on the door and she's got those two windows on both sides and I saw like three, four little kids. I mean like little. And this one boy, he might have been three years old. Might. I mean I'm looking at Aubrey and she's two and a half three. I bet that was it. And as I wa- I'm knocked up on the door and I'm seeing these little kids. And this little boy, he goes, ah, I gave it back to him. I'm like, I'm watching you. I thought, how oh, stinking cute. But eye contact, it's like, give me your full attention that you are here with me and I'm here with you. All right, now the host, you know, we're all going to be like, oh, don't look at your phone when Pastor Brenda comes around. Now, just because, you know, same thing. Just because you walk into the church and you sat down doesn't mean you've had quality time getting to know him better. You know, you can be present, but not be present. And that's what he's talking about. The invitation is, you know, I'm waiting. Come on, you can know me better. I love it that he says that he hides things, what? So that we'll search them out. I'll be found if you search me and find and look for me with all your heart. And then he says, oh, you know what? You think you know me? Ah, and he shows you a little bit more. Look at this. Ooh, you know? But he's not going to show you more if you're, if you're not looking. You know? I love that scripture that says, to him who has, more will be given. And it's talking about an understanding, a desire to know more. You're not going to get more if you're not desiring to know more about him. He's not going to show it to you. And his invitation all the time is come in. Why? To know me better. So it's not even here, you're going to know all about me. It's always going to be better. It's always going to get to know him better, more and more. Again, yeah, John 10, 7 through 10, it says, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. He refers to himself as a door. He refers to himself as a gate. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And here it is. He says, you'll come in and go out and find pasture You'll come in, you'll go out and find pasture. He's the gate. I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fuller. Have it abundantly. We're called to live life to the fullest, but you can never experience that without coming in and getting to know him better and then going out and making him known. Come in and know him better, man, and then go out and make him known. That's the coming in and going out. Coming in and going out. And the green pastures, I like that. Is it Psalm 23, the one that everybody knows? You know? I'll tell you, that alone, I think I've preached it before. That one drives me insane how people repeat that like it's some flowery thing. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death is not some flowery thing. It's like, can we just, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips sounds a little bit better. You know, that scripture, when you read that, you need to slow down and really read that. But he talks about, I will make you lie down. You ever have a child who don't want to go to bed? Oh, hey, there, there you go. Yeah, we were just talking about this, right? What do you have to do? You have to make them lie down. In green pastures. It's not a, oh, it's so beautiful. He's like, um, you're busying yourself a little too much. You're worrying about a little too much. You're running over after all these other things Running after what's not important, and I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. But according to this scripture, if you use him as the gate he is to come in and know him better and go out and make him known, you will find green pastures. You will find it. He won't have to mm, make you lie down. Nobody wants daddy to do that or mommy. The second one is when Scrooge looked up and he saw the stabber that he shot, saw the sheath. He saw the thing that was supposed to hold the sword, and there was no sword. And he says, Spirit, I see you're wearing a scabbard with no sword. And the Spirit looks in and he goes, Well, oh, hey, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Sound familiar? When Jesus was born in the manger and the angels were announcing his birth. In Luke chapter 2 and verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, good will to all men. Peace now, not then now he's talking about now in the present peace God wants his people to be living a life of peace in the midst of our physical and spiritual storms if you're worried doubting complaining impatient in your troubled time times how are you living any different than the world is It's the peace of God that sets us apart in this world. It's the peace of God. I told you this when we were going through the series, The the Kingdom of God in Us. The peace of God is the armor we wear on the inside that guards our hearts and guards our minds in Christ. It keeps us an armor locked in to Christ. Guarding our heart and guarding our mind. If you struggle with Uh, uh, let's say, darting thoughts constantly. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, I got to do this. Okay, It's a peace problem. If you dart with a, if you struggle with a heart that is, and you don't like to use the word fear, because you know you're a Christian, you're not supposed to have fear. So, of, you know, concerned about this, or concerned about that, or concerned about this, and how are we going to do this, and how are we going to, it's a peace problem. Because the peace of God will guard your heart and will guard your mind. It's the armor you wear on the inside. I stated on a Wednesday night after doing that series, there was a whole list of things that God was bringing to a point. That, um, and this in, on peace. It says that if you can't have, if you can't find peace when you're in a storm, you will not have the power to speak to the storm. Because he is the peace in you. He is the power in you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The disciples in the boat could have stood there and spoke and commanded the storm to be still. Why? Because Jesus was with them. They had peace in the boat. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You, But you won't have the power to speak to the storms in your life if you can't find the peace in the storm. Uh, He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He was with them in the furnace. He was with Daniel in the lion's den. He was with the disciples in the boat. He said, again, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So if you you struggle with those heart Heart, heart, heart or mind issues, it's a peace problem. Goodwill, peace and goodwill. Goodwill to men. Goodwill, the definition of having goodwill towards men includes being friendly, helpful cooperative in feelings and attitude, and having compassion and good deeds. That's what it means for goodwill toward men. It's not just, I hope you will. Be good. No. It, it's a whole bunch of action points mixed with emotional points. It's together toward, good, toward all men. Again, it's not having an inside heart for those around you. Not only having an inside heart for those around you. But also putting your heart to your hands. And doing something for them. Remember James, I love. James 2.17, faith by itself is not enough. Unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Faith and action. Love and deeds. They have to go together. Goodwill, having goodwill towards men means it has to have action. Tangible effects. Peace and goodwill towards all men is for now, in the present, on this earth. Now. And it comes through us. The third point is the Spirit warned if these shadows remain unaltered by the future... If the shadows remain unaltered by the future, and that was the scene where Scrooge was leaning in and seeing um, the little boy crippled, and is he going to get better? And he says, well, actually, I see an empty chair and a crutch with no owner. And unless these shadows are altered, this is what will be. You know, for every one of us in Psalms 138, God said I created a purpose and plans for you. Actually, look over there with me. That's one I had you turn to, right? Psalms 138. See, God did not create robots. He did not create us and force us love me or else. He didn't adopt you by going online and putting in the character qualities he wanted and said, Oh, yeah, purchase that one, add that one to my cart. No, he wanted f- free will. He wanted a choice. He wanted you to love him out of a choice. That doesn't mean, though, that he doesn't have plans and purposes and a destination for you. Same thing, right, Josie, right, Pastor Denny? You're looking at your new baby, and you're already having hopes, dreams, and plans for them, right? And how old is he? Two weeks? See? I bet it started while he was still in her belly. In Psalms 138, starting in verse 13, it says... For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me or written about me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I'm reading it out of 139, but I put 138. Thank you for saying that. Psalm 138. Yeah. Hello. Were you all following me? Yep. <laughs> oh, okay. They're like, yeah, I don't know. Bring your Bibles, people. See, I could be leading you astray and you don't even know it. Come on. Psalms 139. Actually, Amy, I think I wrote that wrong in their Bibles. I just presented to James and I wrote that wrong in your Bibles, too. So you need to fix that, okay? Yeah. Oh, how dare I? All right, so God has mapped out a future for us in Jeremiah 29, 11. Did I get that one right? Okay, <laughs> just check it. I'll keep checking. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. That doesn't mean we're not going to take a wrong turn now and then. Or like we learned last week that somebody else kinds of forces our path. And next thing you know, we're going down a dead end street. Or we're going completely out of the way that God has mapped out for us. But don't forget, we talked about this Wednesday night. Don't forget, God, God doesn't just stand beside you in the present. He stands on time. He sets on top of time. So he sets over and he sees altogether the past, the present, and the future. So if you, by choice or by chance, whether it's your choosing or somebody else's choosing, take a wrong turn off the path that he has, the plans that he has, when you keep him in the driver's seat, let's just use all the analogies out there. Jesus, take the wheel. No, okay. Gosh, I don't like that song. Anyway, what was she doing in the driver's seat in the first place? No wonder she is heading for an accident. Anyway, if you keep him in the driver's seat, surrender to him. Here it is, God. This is my life, but it's yours now. I surrender it to you. Keep him driving. He knows where. Let's take this detour. <laughs> you know, I know how to get you back on. You know, it's like the navigations, at rerouting. Rerouting. You ever hear that? Yeah, okay, thank you. You all like looked at me strange for a second there. He's constantly rerouting as needed. And sometimes we think, we come up a- upon something, we're like, this is God's will for my life. And he remember, him sitting on top of time, and you're like all in, you pushed all your chips to the center. This is it, I know it. And all of a sudden, you feel your car turning this way. And you're like, what, but, 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 but. He's like, but you don't see what I see. You think this is all it, but wait until you get here. This isn't even a blink of an eye. This is it. This is what I have for you. So when we stay in the passenger seat and let him constantly have the wheel then he can reroute as needed and direct us where he needs us. Where not just he needs us. Do you understand that there's a whole bunch of people that he's set up that you're to impact as you're doing life? So he's put in his, again, he's setting on top of time. He's saying, you know what, at this moment, at this day, this is when I need Linda to meet And she's gonna, I'm gonna put in her heart at that time to say XYZ. And then that's gonna set this one on their trajectory this way. And then she can go over here. And then I've got, oh, and then, you know, so and so is gonna touch so and so. So see, we get so wrapped up into just us, my life, what I need. He's like, you can't even see. If you can for one second try to pull yourself up, From your own life and look from his perspective where we're supposed to be seated in heavenly realms, right? With him. And look down. Our life just isn't about us. It's about a thousand other people that we have opportunity to touch. If we're present in every day. Now let me tell you. This one... I tend to flip out over really easy um, and lose track of really easy. Anybody ever run in and run out of a grocery store or through their day and by the time you get home and throw yourself back in your chair and I made it through, you're thinking, I did everything with head down today. Never looked up, never saw, never asked, was there somebody I was supposed to touch today? Come on. Oh, I know. This one messes me up. Brian, me, and the boys went out yesterday, took off, and did some running around. Just had fun in Traverse City running errands. Um, I am constantly one. I don't like, I love purses. I don't like carrying a purse. I'll carry it. But if I'm going shopping or whatever, I need hands-free, baby. You know? I like to I talk with my hands. I like to touch things, you know? So I'll leave my purse in the vehicle constantly. I know Carrie talking with her hands. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so I'm always, whenever we jump out of the vehicle, I always hand Brian the keys if I'm driving or he has the keys, and I'm always right after him. Click it. Click it. Lock it. Why? Because my purse is in there. You know, I don't have much in there, but what I have in there, I want to keep. You know, my lip gloss is very important to me. You know? I I like that. I I have in my phone, I have my debit card and my license, so I don't know what they'd get. And I don't carry a checkbook in there, but my stuff. Anyway. So I'm always, you know, click it, click it. So we're always very careful locking our vehicle as we leave. We get home last night, late dark, and we're unloading the, the truck and stuff out it, and Brian comes in with a, where's he at? Oh, of course he's talking to Aubrey. It was a, um, a stocking cap. He sent you a picture of it, didn't he, Aaron? And a Carhartt or something was on it. It was like a man's stocking cap. And Brian brought it in. He's like, um, where did this come from? It was on the seat in the truck, in the back seat. And I'm like, I don't know. And he asked the boys and the boys are like, I don't know. And he started getting defensive like did somebody just steal this? You know, because the last trip was Myers. you know. So he's looking at the boys. He didn't say it out loud and I didn't say it out loud. And I'm looking at the boys I'm like, is that something you wanted? You know, and I didn't want to accuse him, but I'm like, you know, where did it come from? Because he's like, it wasn't in there. Well, when he, everybody was saying, I don't know, I don't know. And He set it on the table. I looked at it, and I'm like, it's dirty. It's not brand new. It's dirty. And it even smelled dirty. It had stains on it. I'm like, this isn't new. And so I'm like, oh, it was Aaron's. He rides with you. Brian, it was Aaron's. Get, you know, text. And Aaron texts back, and he's like, that's not mine. Brian's like, it wasn't in the truck when we left. I know what's in my truck. And he is pretty good about keeping his seats clean and everything. And so even last night, I'm trying to go to bed. And, you know, we were thinking, okay, well, did you leave the vehicle unlocked? And what would somebody do? Come in the vehicle? And so I went through my purse because my purse being left in there. I'm like, everything's there. They didn't steal my lip gloss, thank the Lord. Right? <laughs> but, I mean, we're looking at everything. And what did somebody... Climb in the truck and sit down and need to warm up a minute and take their hat off and sit there and, you know, we're trying to, I went to bed, I'm laying there in bed before going to sleep after, you know, I had the U version read to me, you know. Um, And I'm like, God, where did that come from? And how, if the vehicle's locked, how did it get in there? And that reminder, you went through all day today. Did you ever see one? And I went, oh my gosh. You know, of course, I give the little, oh, you look beautiful. And I talk and chat with people all the time. But did you take time to notice one? And I thought, oh, and that hat was just, I mean, it burned in my mind. Was there one that needed a warm place? That needed an encouragement? That needed a helping hand? You know, was there, and I just missed it. See, this one's huge for me, that he says to be present wherever we're at, to be aware that he has purposes and plans and he's trying to direct us, but it's not all about us. If these shadows remain unaltered, it's our choice. We have a choice. Joshua 24, I'm, I don't have time to read it, but Joshua gives the um, ultimatum there to his countrymen and says, you need to choose today who you are going to serve. Either serve the gods of this world or serve God. But you have to choose. And he called it this day. When is it this day? Today. Every day. It's not a choose once and done. It's a choose every day. And then he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose. It's your choice. You choose whether you want to be at the steering wheel or you want God at the steering wheel. Choose today. And he says, you know what? If you think you have time to choose later, you've already made your choice. And then the last point, the children named ignorance and want. And allow me to just read to you out of the book, A Christmas Carol, this scene. In this scene, the spirit sits high upon all the worldly pleasures, yet under his robe dwell the boy ignorance and the girl want. Oh man, look here, look! Look down here, exclaimed the spirit. They were a boy and a girl, yellow, meager, ragged, scowling, wolfish, but prostrate, too, in their humility. Where graceful youth should have filled their features out and touched them with its freshest tints, a stale and shriveled hand like that of age had pinched and twisted them and pulled them into shreds. Where angels might have set enthroned, devils lurked and glared out, menacing. No change, no degradation, no perversion of humanity in any grade. Through all the mysteries of wonderful creation has monsters half so horrible and dread. Scrooge startled back, appalled. Spirit, are are they yours? Scrooge could say no more. They are man's, said the spirit, looking down upon them. And they cling to me, appealing from their fathers. This boy is ignorance, this girl is want. Beware them both and all of their degree. But most of all, beware this boy. For on his brow I see that written, which is doom, unless the writing be erased." You see, what should haunt all of us is not the wretched sight of ignorance and want, but of the statement made by the Spirit, they are man's. Whose children are they? They are man's. They are yours. See, in Scrooge's lifetime or even in ours, what? People's children are what? Their concern. (laughs) What they do. What they say. But he's saying ignorance and want are our children. And we're responsible for their degree in our life. Their effect upon our life. In Proverbs 30, 11 through 15, it says, Some people curse their fathers and do not thank their mother. They are pure in their own eyes, but they are filthy and unwashed. They look proudly around, casting disdainful glances. They have teeth like swords and fangs like knives. They devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among humanity. The leech has two suckers that cry out, more, more. Ignorance and want, both are leeches with unending appetites. Too many people are either satisfied with ignorance or pleasure suckers always wanting more. The Spirit warned, beware of them both, but of ignorance especially. You see, want is that greed within us that's always wanting more what matters less constantly am trying to get us to ask the right questions when we're facing decisions in life you're making a a swap should I do this well the question would be should I do that not can I do this can I get away with this but should I do this you know, when you're talking about what matters less is when you're chasing after this wind, things, vain pursuits, When you're, you know, is your job so con- consumed you that it matters more to you so that when you get one day off a week, well, I would rather just sit home and rest. You're choosing more what matters less. You know, do I feel like getting up at five o'clock in the morning? Do I feel like coming? Do I feel like preaching? Do I feel like strapping two packs on underneath my garment and being so wired that I feel like I can't move? You know, do I feel like do, do I feel like coming out at, at seven o'clock? Or f- actually, we come in at five five thirty on Wednesday nights when I've been here all day long to come back an hour later. You know, to start praying for an hour and a half so that we can gather together and pray together. Do I feel like doing? I don't feel like doing anything. As a matter of fact, we stated that on Wednesday nights. If you're waiting for your feelings, you cannot make the flesh bow to a spiritual discipline. The spiritual discipline will make the flesh bow if you seek that first. But if you're waiting to feel like praying, if you're waiting to feel like coming on Wednesday night, if you're waiting to feel like whatever, you won't do it. It won't get done. Wanting more, what matters less. A thing, a career, a significant other. I might as well throw it out here. Your family, your spouse, your butt. When you feel like sitting in your chair and I don't feel like getting out again. It's a want. It's that girl want. Ignorance. Pride. If there could be one sin greater than all the rest, it it would be this one. Pride is what caused Lucifer to fall in the first place. Pride is what caused Eve to surrender to the devil. Well, you're going to know good and evil just like God. Listen, the root word of ignorance is ignore. The suffix ants, a-n-c-e, is a continued progression of. So, in context, the meaning would mean to continually choose to ignore. In context, we're talking about God. His word, his instructions, his command. To continually choose to ignore God. Ignorance. Beware the boy ignorance. And it's ignorance and pride. We don't have to. Think about that. I don't have to do that. I have... I have this or that, and I've attained this or that. I, I mean, look around. My house, it's beautiful. I found this house. We have all this stuff because I have a good job. Uh, oh, this one hit me during worship. Um, I can do what I want to do because, well, God's given me grace, right? Right? to do what I want to do. If you tell me I can't do this or I can't do that, well, that's too bad for you because I must have a better relationship with God than you do because yours is based off do's and don'ts and mine is freedom. Pride. Ignorance. Ignorance will mark your forehead for doom, unless these writings be erased. In 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, it says, As obedient children, and I'm wrapping up, Amy, would you come back? It says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in Ignorance just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because i am holy and there's just a a, a little deposit of wednesday night you're wondering should i can i who says i can't in all you do be holy and all you do, be holy. Ignorance is choosing to ignore what God's saying. And do you think, do you believe? Come on, and it, again, you would start going leaps and bounds in your Christian walk if you would just speak out loud what your mind is thinking or trying to convince you of. When you're looking at whatever. Again, fill in the blank. You're looking at doing this thing or not doing this thing. Speak out loud what you're convincing yourself is your reasoning for doing or not doing. Because you're going to hear one voice or the other. It's going to sound like it's coming from God or that sounds like something Satan would say. I mean that my family knows I've, I've been playing this one on them lately. I'll ask that question. You know, when they ask, you know, do this or not do this or whatever, I'm like, well, well, why? Well, blah blah blah. I said, hmm. what does that sound like? Did God really say I have to? Blah blah blah. Hmm, what does that sound like? sounds an awful lot like the argument that Satan gave to Eve. Did God really say that? Well, I don't have to fill in the blank. Okay, well speak out loud so your ears can hear your reasoning for and then tell me whose voice does it sound like. Ignorance. Extremely dangerous. To continue to ignore God. And let me just say, again in worship, this came to me too. Because... If you want... i got to be careful because this could... I mean, we could be here another couple hours if I open up this can of worms. But you think because you put some... I know because you put some christianese wording in there that it makes it spiritual and it must be god where do you think satan was created do you think he's scared of being in church do you think he's scared of you opening your bible do you think he's scared no why he was there come on he knows it all and if anybody knows the wording better than you or him Hello? I think he's been around a little bit longer than you. So he will throw out little Christianese here or there. Oh, well, God wants me to be sick because, you know, it's a thorn in my flesh, you know, and he wants to keep me humble. I'm sorry, what kind of spiritual revelation has God given you and taken you to such a high place that he's got to give a thorn in your flesh to keep you humble? Because I'd like to hear some of them things oh no I can't go there you'll just have to come on a Wednesday night and you know I can open up the cans bigger there but would he give you a sickness and want you to keep it and yet send his son to the cross to die to take the punishment to heal all and yet say except for AJ except for and start listing these exceptions no he said all sickness. Go and heal all. No exception. So when you speak out loud those convincing arguments that are in your head, then ask yourself, who does this sound like? Does it sound like something God would say? Or does it sound like something the enemy would say? Because unless these things, he called it, be erased unless these writings be erased you got to get those arguments out of your mind get those out of your mind so what lessons have we learned from his present let's wrap up by saying this we need to come in and know him better Every day, come in and know Him better. Come in and know Him better. When you sit down to open the Word of God, I don't care if you follow a plan or don't follow a plan or you do this, you know, open and pick and choose. Be careful! But anyway, whatever you do, just do it to know Him better. Not so you can get it in your head so you can, you know, tell everybody how many scriptures you have memorized. I don't care about that. Right? He don't care about that. It's how much do you know him? How much do you know him? Live in peace every day. You have to live in peace and goodwill towards all men. Have to. Live in peace and goodwill. That's the proclamation of why Jesus was born. The proclamation. Peace and goodwill towards all men. Remember that if these shadows remain unaltered, you have a choice, a decision, every day. Choose today. Choose today who you will serve. Choose today. Choose today. Choose today who you will serve. And four, beware of ignorance and want. Don't focus more on what matters less. Striving for anything other than God is a chasing after the wind. You'll never be satisfied and certainly you will never be thankful. And beware even more of ignorance for it marks your forehead for doom. Unless these writings be erased by God's forgiveness, only he can do that. Only He can erase that. Only He can erase the word doom from your forehead and put that seal upon your forehead that marks you for Him. But it's not a one and done. It's not a get out of hell free card that you purchase and stick it in your pocket and go on your merry way. It's an everyday choice, it's a minute by minute choice. I choose you, I choose you, I choose you. Being married 30 years, I wouldn't still be married today if I didn't get up every day and say today, Brian, I still choose you. Because it's not based on our feelings. on the flowery fields that we're tip-throwing to, It's when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death in our relationship I look over and say he's gonna have to make me lie down tonight because I don't want to. (laughs) Well mind just just went somewhere didn't it? Stop it. Stop. This has just become (laughs) PG-13. a choosing every day in that relationship I choose you today I choose you today I choose you today and no more of this chasing after what matters less no more of this ignoring God so would you stand with me When you find yourself standing on life's stage, whatever direction you go from here is your choice. And look, I want you to take a minute right now. Look at where you're standing right now in your life. Do you want to keep going in the same direction, or is it time for you to take a new road for God to reroute? Make a change and allow God to transform your life. Today is your day. It says today is the day of his favor. Today is the day of his salvation. Today is your day. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes and think about that. Think about where you're at right now in your life. Have you found yourself grabbing a hold of the steering wheel of your life and and pushing God over to the co-pilot seat, and you thinking you know better until something crashes or you end up down a dead end road, and and then all of a sudden you're crying out to Him again. It sounds an awful lot like the Old Testament, the Israelites who continued to boast in their statements, you know, God, we want you to speak directly to us. You give us your instructions until he did. And then they ran crying. No, don't speak to us, God. Send somebody else. Speak to us for you. So we can't handle it. But they wouldn't listen to them wouldn't listen to the leaders, wouldn't listen to the priests, wouldn't listen to the judges that God placed in, in between him and his people. They continued to ignore. So then he sent his son. Well, they should listen to him, right? Jesus... In a very short amount of time on this earth. Laid out everything we need. And in our, our, our instructions for life. Our commission. Our command. How we are to live. How we're, we're to uh, not just roam this earth. Come on. It's more than just a roaming like some you know, vagrant purpose-filled Ruling on this earth that he's commanded us to do and gave us and laid it all out for us And then when he tries to with a loving voice encourage us instruct us Command us. This is what you need to do. We continue to ignore Today's your day. Today's the day of his favor. He's not mad at you. He loves you and will reroute you. But like that gentle gardener, gentleman gardener, he waits for you to give him back control of your life. So let's just take some time right now and, and just begin to talk to him stop trying to make up all the right words say all the right things and just pour your heart out to him because he already knows what's in your heart he already sees it all Sometimes when I'm praying in my, I call it my closet, even though I don't get in my closet in my room in private when I'm praying, I don't worry about what I'm saying. And sometimes stuff will come out of my mouth and I'll go, oh boy, I shouldn't have said that. Well, I'll say, oh God, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. why? Because I'm getting to know him better and I'm sharing my heart with him and I'm communicating with him. Do you always say all the right words when you're talking to other people? No. So don't worry about that when you're talking with God. Just talk to him. God, here I am again, 50, almost one years old, and I feel like I've been driving my life and pushed you over to the passenger seat again. I ran all yesterday and didn't even once, I felt like really look for people and opportunities to love on, to share your love with. God, forgive me, I'm so sorry. me. Empower me with your Holy Spirit with your grace to say and to do all your command in me too. And I'll do it with a clear conscience. My heart will not condemn me. Lord when I confess before you I set perfectly with you in right standing. And you're not a God of second chances. You're a God of a thousand, a million, a trillion chances. And I'm so thankful for that. Don't let me miss another opportunity, God. Everything I do, everything I say, everything I think, every motive of my heart, let it bring honor and glory to you. For you are worth it all. God, you are worth it all. Come on, can we just worship together as before we leave? Don't rush out. Worship. And we want to pray with you if you've got a prayer request. If, if you're ready to surrender your life, it might be for the hundredth time. It might be for the first time. Come up and, and grab us and shake us. And we want to pray with you. We want to be with you. Alright, let's spend time together. Come on, let's worship.